And that's when I uh, heard for the first time about about Phantom. And so, yeah, I I don't, yeah, I didn't even do the, the sale actually now that I'm thinking about it. But I was one of the very first community members in Phantom. And for some reason, I couldn't tell you exactly why I was so passionate about it. And then I was like, no, this thing is going to succeed. I didn't know why. And, uh, <laughs> but, you know, it eventually worked out. And so, of course, <clears throat> kept, kept in touch with, with the team. Actually, beginning early 2019, I organized an event in New York City with Phantom, Holochain, and IOTA back then. And sure. the Phantom flew Andre, Andre Kronje. So that's when I met him in person. I had talked to him on the phone, I don't know, a couple of weeks or a few weeks prior to that. And yeah, of course, it was an incredible experience meeting him live because he is probably yeah, the smartest person I've ever met in my life. His brain just works in, in a very different way. He's yeah, incredible. Welcome to Mission DeFi with Brad Nickel, where we explore projects in decentralized finance that are innovating and driving our mission of financial freedom forward. Thank you for listening. If you like what you hear, please subscribe, rate, and review Mission DeFi and spread the word by posting a tweet to the show. All opinions expressed by Brad Nickel or his guests are their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Black Knox, Material Indicators, or any other affiliated organizations. You should not treat any opinion expressed by Brad Nickel or his guests as an inducement to make a particular investment, follow a particular strategy, or become involved with any project. A project being featured on the show is not an endorsement of that project in any way. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Now, here's Mission DeFi with Brad Nickel. So today I'm excited to greet and have on the show Simone Pomposi, who is the recently anointed Chief Marketing Officer at the Phantom Foundation. I think that's the official name of the organization. Yep. And uh, first of all, congratulations. That's awesome to have that role. And uh, it's also probably a little scary and crazy all at the same time. So, because uh, I think the Chief Marketing Officer role for, for these organizations is is nothing like the chief marketing officer role in the real world, right? And you're dealing with, you know, hundreds and thousands of members in your community. You're trying to get marketing programs out. You've got community members creating marketing and promoting it. And it's not an easy management job, but, but I'll let you climb into that in a little bit, but first welcome and thanks for coming on. And actually we are, um, re-recording the first half of this podcast because I had a little uh, technical glitch and lost the first half. So uh, Simone's being incredibly generous with his time and coming back on to give us uh, the first half again. And when we started last time, we started with your background and then how you ended up in this crazy world and how you ended up in Phantom and 
then telling us a little bit about Phantom and how it functions. So welcome, yeah, thank you. Sure. Yeah, thank you, Brad, and uh, thank you actually for doing this again. I, you know, I really enjoyed our past conversation, so I'm super happy to to redo it. it it's really not a big deal. Awesome. And actually, you know, we gained you know those few days more, so there's more recent development on, in the network. You know that we can talk about those as well. Yeah. So uh, now I'm the, I guess the, the <laughs> CMO of Phantom, which is, uh, I mean, I mean, it's. Uh, I, first thing, I really don't care in titles. I don't believe in titles. They, you know, the, the least entitled person in the world. But I guess it's uh, it's actually very important. They're in, they're a very important reference point for the outside world, right? So, right, you know, the community or you know, certain people know who to talk to, know who to to direct their maybe questions to, and so on. So anyway. I'm, you know, very glad that Michael Chen is still working previous CMO is still working at Phantom, of course, but he's been taking care more and more of the business development and the relationships with the projects and builders. So he's now fully focused on that. And so there's a more clear sort of split of roles, even though, you know, at Phantom, it's a fairly small team, all things considered. So kind of every one of us does a lot of different things. Sure, sure. But I think it's smart to get out of it as things grow and and you guys pick up steam to start doing that now rather than, you know, in the middle of chaos trying to say, oh, you know what, this is too much for one person. So I, I totally agree with that. For sure, for sure. And so anyway, to touch briefly about, you know, how the role is different compared to the regular CMO or regular roles in general, right? Because crypto, but especially let's talk about marketing in crypto, right? Marketing in crypto, it's these untamed beast still. I don't think that anyone knows exactly how to do it. And, you know, these, these also me talking to other marketers in, in the space, you know, from other, you know, renowned projects. Right. And we're like, Man, I mean, we're trying a lot. We're trying a lot of different things, but we don't really know what works and what doesn't. I mean, because there's so many moving pieces, so many different audiences that, again, it's very hard to uh, to kind of measure it in the same way that we would measure it in traditional uh, yeah. businesses. Yeah, I mean, you can obviously track some level of analytics and clicks and traffic sources and that kind of thing. But at the end of the day, you don't know the value of a participant in the network because they're connecting to you with a wallet. And at some point you no longer can track what's going on, which is obviously a feature of the, of, of the network. But yeah, so that's really interesting. I think another part of that is that we, yeah, I, I say we, a good chunk of my career was partially in marketing and business development and product management. So I've had that experience of being a marketer in the real world, which is incredibly frustrating. You know, the average uh, tenure of a chief marketing officer in corporate America is 18 months. So that tells you how brutal the job is. And it's a job of what have you done for me lately, right? You could have had an astounding success, blown up the user base of a project or a, a company a week ago. And a week later, the CEO is like, well, now what are you doing? Right. It's it's never enough for the marketing team. So uh, that's frustrating. But I think one of the interesting dynamics that comes into this world is a general distrust of marketing and sales by the people who are building in crypto. Right. They mar the marketing guys and the sales guys are seen as or biz dev guys are seen as sleazy and 
untrustworthy and bad people, you know? Now, I think not everyone sees that that way. And the the time when they start loving marketing is when a project is faltering, right? It's like, oh, okay, now I need marketing. <laughs> but I think that philosophy also makes this more difficult, but also makes it more interesting because it's naturally driven our marketing to to be community development in a lot of ways as opposed to customer acquisition, right? Mm -hmm. And that drives a lot of it. So anyway, it is not an easy thing to do. And I actually, I'm so glad I'm not running marketing in crypto right now. <laughs> yes, it's not easy, but it's fun. You know, every day it's a, it's a new challenge. Sure. And that, you know, you're basically, I worked in advertising for a very long time and in post-production specifically. And as, as exactly as you said, you know, the CMO role or, you know, marketing in general in the traditional world and the advertising world, it's very, it's very similar, meaning that you're only as good as your last project. That's right. So, you know, you could have done, as you said, you know, the most amazing thing, you know, two months ago, but then if you sucked at the one that you did yesterday, that's <laughs> only, you, that's what you, you be taken accountable for and, you know, and what people will remember you. So, yeah, it, you always have to be uh, on top of things. Yeah, let's aim with like years in advertising and then somehow ended up in crypto. So, so tell us a little bit about your background and then how you, how you ended up here. Yeah, for sure. That that's a fun story. So I'll take it super, super long. So I initially actually started my career with, let's say in IT, general IT. So initially with hardware and software maintenance, moved on to a system administrator, ended up at Ferrari, you know, nice. for, for a short period of time. Then I was like, no, I, I don't want to do this anymore. And that's when, <laughs> yes, I pivoted. I was in the early 20s and then I pivoted in, into the creative field. So in advertising, you know, photography, specifically advertising, then moving on to creative direction or direction, uh, post-production. Were, uh, were you always doing creative things on your own? Uh, on the side for yourself or whatever? Yes, that's actually a really good question because I've been playing music since I was a very, very young kid. Nice. So there's always been that creative side, which actually, I mean, music itself took like playing music and uh, making music took yeah, a good part of my childhood and, you know, teenagehood. I spent hours a day playing music. So there's always that part as well. And the other part of my life was computers. So I grew up with computers even, you know, I'm 40 now, so when I when I started using my uh, the first computer, I, was, I think I was probably nine or so. So it was very very early because it was not as common as today. But my dad was and still is about passionate about you know technology and computers. So I was lucky to to be initiated to that world at a very young age. Yeah, well, I, the reason I asked that question too is is this transition from IT admin to creative marketing, advertising is, is an interesting one, right? And strangely enough, my background is incredibly similar. You know, I got my first computer, was a pet computer with a cassette deck, and I was always taking everything apart. I loved computers, I loved managing them, and I worked in IT administration and uh, workflow and re-engineering and Lotus Notes, and then moved into product in the tech world and then dot-com world, and then naturally flowed into marketing and advertising, which I had done in politics in a previous life. Anyway, I'm just curious about your transition from IT admin to creative side of advertising and, and marketing. Yes. Well, at some point I was just, I, I didn't want to do that anymore. You know, and I, I was growing more and more passionate 
about photography in general. So that was sort of my entry point, the gateway into the, the advertising and the cre more creative uh, type of work. And then in 2011, I moved uh, from Italy to New York City. And that's where, you know, I really got exposed to the, you know, the top level sort of advertising. I, nice. you know, really, you name any, pretty much any brand that I work with. And uh, nice. there's a, fun, a very, very uh, funny story. I think it was uh, 2018 and both Apple and Google contacted me to work on product launches. But unfortunately, it was around the time of my sister's wedding. So oh. Apple wanted me to be on campus for the whole period of time. I asked them if I could just, you know, go back to, to Italy for my sister's wedding and then come back. They said, no. So like, okay, well, whatever. Then I went to the wedding and while I was in Italy for the wedding, Google contacted me for oh you know, a similar thing. I was like, okay, this is not going to happen. I, you know, then I worked, I worked both with Google and Apple later, you know, I hope your, I hope your sister appreciates the sacrifice you made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, she does. She doesn't, she did back then. So, so that that's was, great. That was a, a funny story, but anyway, to, to cut it a little bit shorter. So moved to New York city you know, got exposed to all these amazing brands and, uh, you know, it was, it was totally different world compared to what I was used to in Italy, of course. And anyway, 2013, this coworker of mine, Mark, uh, thank you, Mark, <laughs> because he was the first one that started talking to me about Bitcoin. And I was like, Hey, do you know this thing called Bitcoin? You know, and he explained it extremely, extremely badly. <laughs> he started talking about the difficulty of Bitcoin. And for me, even, you know, again, even if I had a, you know, quite substantial technical background, I, it was very hard for me to, to understand and comprehend to the point that I wasn't even, I, I didn't go on Google and look, you know, and, and search for Bitcoin and see what it was about. Because to me, it was just, you know, too technical to understand. Yeah, right. And, uh, and then, you know, he kept telling me, and then after a few months, you know, it was like, oh, you know, that Bitcoin thing that I told you, you know, a few months ago, just went up, I don't know, 60% up in price, 80% up in price. It's like, oh, okay, now you got my attention. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And I think a lot of us came in that way, right? We, we saw this thing, we kind of looked at it, we didn't really pay attention. And I, like I said, I, I, I put $50 in at Coinbase the first time somebody mentioned it to me just to see what was going on. And I was like, okay. And I forgot about it. And then somebody came again and said, Hey man, you should be in this, you know, you're a tech guy. You, you should be doing this. So I went back and looked and my Bitcoin, my 50 bucks was 800 bucks. And I said, okay, what the hell is going on here? I really want to understand this better. So, you know, it's funny. I was telling somebody the other day, I think a lot of us, that's the entry point is we want to take some money and turn it into more money. And then all of a sudden we're down the rabbit hole of understanding it. And our curiosity turns us into believers, right? So anyway, yeah. No, yeah. yeah, that's exactly what happened. You know, I, I bought a very small amount. Of course, I wish I had bought way more <laughs> you know, back then. But it was just you know, very, very small, negligible amount. Right. <laughs> At the end of 2013, very early days of Coinbase. And then, then I forgot completely about it. I mean, I kept checking every now and then the price. Of course, I bought almost the top back then. And, and then, you know... 2017 came and again, just as randomly as it happened before, another friend of mine, I don't know, he started talking to me about something and I misunderstood him. I thought he was talking about Bitcoin, but he was talking about something that I still don't know what he was talking about. But then, you know, <laughs> sort of reminded me of this Bitcoin thing. And then at the point I Googled it and I saw 
that compared to you know three four years before three four years before you know it was a lot more there was a lot more going on right and right. that's when yeah that's when early 2017 that's when I you know literally fell through the the, the rabbit hole and starting understanding blockchain Bitcoin blockchain and Ethereum was the you know still Ethereum sort of early days sort of and everything else. yeah so that's my early intro to to blockchain and crypto and then there's so quantum. After you kind of got excited about it in 2017, did you start trying to get engaged, involved with projects or or what happened? I mean, how how did we get from 2017 to chief marketing officer at Phantom? <laughs> That's a really good question. So, yes, of course. I so, so when I like something and, you know, I saw this with music, so with this with uh, advertising, with computers, I really, you know, I just, you know, jump in it and I and I try to understand as much as possible and I try also to contribute as much as possible. So one of the very first things that I did, of course, you know, after managed to understand what I was kind of talking about was actually to, you know, get in touch with some community. So I was part of some smaller group in crypto, you know, there was just, you know, crypto, I don't know, a smaller crypto community. But then that evolved uh, into some of us actually working for uh, some projects. And one of these was uh, Michael Chen. So Michael Chen that started working for, for Phantom in the very early days before mm. the, the sale, of course, it was at the very early, the inception of the, um, of the company, the project. And that's when I uh, heard for the first time about, about Phantom. And so, yeah, I, I don't, yeah, I didn't even do the, the sale actually now that I'm thinking about it, but I was one of the very first community members in Phantom. And for some reason, I couldn't tell you exactly why I was so passionate about it. And then I was like, no, this thing is going to succeed. I didn't know why. And, uh, <laughs> but, you know, it eventually worked out. And so, of course, <clears throat> kept, kept in touch with, with the team. Actually, beginning early 2019, I organized an event in New York City with Phantom, Holochain, and IOTA back then. And sure. the Phantom flew Andre, Andre Cronie. So that's when I met him in person. I had talked to him on the phone, I don't know, a couple of weeks or a few weeks prior to that. And yeah, of course, it was an incredible experience meeting him live because he is probably yeah the smartest person I've ever met in my life. His brain just works in, in a very different way. Is yeah, incredible. So anyway, so there was the sort of an unofficial right event organized by myself and other people in, in New York, but it was extremely successful. They're still recording on YouTube. Everyone can can check it out. And the, the funny thing about that is that, of course, Andre did an incredible job presenting Phantom, but also he did an incredible job presenting Holochain and IOTA better than the Holochain and IOTA <laughs> <laughs> speakers. That's great. <laughs> That's so, awesome. Yeah. So that that's basically it. And then, you know, we kept in touch with Andre. And then at the end of 2019, he reached out to me and said, hey, we need marketing help at Phantom. Are you interested in joining? I was like, hmm, okay. It looks like, so I was already, I had decided that by 2020, I wanted to work full-time in crypto, even though I had a very su successful job and career outside of crypto, working with, you know, with these, again, incredible brands all over the world. So, so I decided to, to accept and uh, yeah. And there was, you know, sort of finally the creative part of my life that's always been there and the technical coming together, you know, coming together. That's awesome. So, that's yeah. great. And the, and, the, and the circle is complete. I love it. I exactly. love it. That's great. Let's talk like you, the last time you and I talked, I knew that Andre was involved with Phantom. 
but I ignorantly didn't realize how much this was his project, right? I had seen it as, you know, maybe he kind of advised and, and, you know, gave a few tips here and there for the team or whatever, but it's, it, I was way off, way off. Can you talk a little bit more kind of about his involvement then and now, and you know, how Phantom actually came about? Yep. So it's actually not your fault because I think that most people don't know Andre's real involvement in the project since the early uh, stages. I think actually very, very early. So at the beginning, he was just an advisor, but he actually turned to be much more than that a few months after. So we're, we're talking end of 2018, early 2019, Andre got extremely involved in the project. He's, he's one of the very, very core team members, along with Michael Chen and Michael Kong. He co-authored the consensus mechanism, Lachesis, that, you know, powers Phantom pretty much. So that's the real secret sauce of Phantom, this incredible consensus, ABFT, asynchronous Byzantine fault-tolerant consensus mechanism that makes a Phantom so special that allows for one-second finality transactions and very, very low cost for transaction fees. That's that comes, you know, from Andre's mind together with Quan, our CTO, and a couple of other people. Andre, of course, is still, you know, is always very, very involved. He's very involved at the, at the operational level, at the sort of the bigger picture level. He was the one that wanted to do, wanted Phantom to be part of DeFi at the very early stages. So we're talking, I think, so when I, so I started working at Phantom January 1st to 2020, one of the very first thing that, things that I heard was let's do DeFi. And that was, you know, January, 2020, nobody was talking about DeFi, you know, Uniswap had, yeah, maybe, I don't know, maybe 5 million volume, maybe not even the synthetics were at the super early stages, very, very small projects yet. Andrew was like, hey, this is going to be the future. We have to make sure that Phantom is part of this DeFi movement. And it goes on and on and on. And of course, Andre is still, you know, to this day, very, very part of the, of the operations and, you know, the development of the platform. That's interesting. What's interesting to me about it is, is that he doesn't, he, he doesn't talk about his core level involvement in the project. And, and I don't know if that's because he doesn't want to take away from uh, Michael Chen and Michael Chong and the team and what Phantom's doing as a community, or if it's, he feels like it might be a conflict uh, in some way, but I find it interesting that we don't associate him with the brand as much as um, he is engaged with it and, and as critical as he was to developing it. Yeah. The, the reason for that, I guess, you, you know, so Phantom was uh, basically was born in a bear market. And so Phantom was called a scam for almost three years, right? Because every, you know, of course, price is down. So project is a scam. That's the, the sort of equation that, that goes. And also when price down is when marketing. So it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's, always, it's always that. So I guess, you know, he, he probably didn't want to really be the, the public face of Phantom since he's, you know, the, the most known person in the team. And yeah, and then at the same time, he also started building on Ethereum, right? He started building uh, iEARN first and then became became Yearn. Right. And he always had this sort of freedom and and probably he wanted to maintain that freedom also to the public in a way, right? So that if you're the face of Phantom, so to speak, then you build Yearn on Ethereum, you know, then you get 
you know, some people could get pissed off. Yeah. And yeah. I guess that's why probably he wanted to, to do it this way. Well, it's fascinating to me because, you know, essentially he's released urine to the world. And I find it interesting that he's kind of hands off on urine and kind of just lets it run. And here he's very actively involved. But anyway, can you real quickly, and we didn't get into this last time, but I definitely would like to, the two Michael, what can you, do you kind of know the origin story of why they created Phantom or, or, or what kind of made this thing happen? I mean, was it, Hey, we can do this better, faster, <laughs> a better experience for users or you know, do you know kind of why they created it? That's a really good question. So just to be clear, they did not create Phantom. Phantom was originally originally created by the South Korean team and the South Korean team is long gone. You know, at some point the two Mikes and, and Andre basically took over the project too, because there was some real and real substance in there. They wanted to make sure that it would see the light. And these happened, I would say just a few months after the sale. And yeah, so th that's, that's what happened. But basically why Phantom was born, the reason why Phantom was born is because very early, again, we can go back to Andre, Kwan, Mike, they saw the limitations of Ethereum, but at the same time, also the potential of an Ethereum-like platform, right? So they saw the smart contracts were really the future, so to speak, or anyway, for sure, an avenue that should be pursued, but also Ethereum had known limitations, right? We saw in 2017 with CryptoKitties, Ethereum was clogged for a few hours. You couldn't sure. send transactions for a few hours or anyway, they were, they were very mm -hmm. expensive and so on. And uh, that's why, you know, it's like, okay, so Ethereum works. So what we need to do is an Ethereum compatible, that's very important, Ethereum compatible network that doesn't have the limitations that Ethereum has. So it needs to be fast and it needs to be cheap. And that's why they worked on the consensus that, you know, it's, that's what it is. And it's only two projects that I know, and I might not be um, very correct about it, but it's just Phantom and Avalanche. They use an ABFT consensus mechanism in a fully permissionless blockchain. And I'm pretty sure about it, but, you know, I don't want to, to miss, uh, misspeak. But anyway, this is, you know, the reason why Phantom came about. Can you um, give us an idea of, or, or a simplified explanation of why the consensus mechanism is different and uh, how, you know, how it functions relative to what we're used to with Ethereum or, or, or Bitcoin and why it's able to perform so rapidly and are there trade-offs for this mechanism that have to be factored into kind of, you know, the use of the chain? Yeah, this is a very hard question. And, you know, let, let's try, let's see if I can answer. Let's it. see if you can do it, <laughs> come on. Because it's very technical beyond my, my expertise, but let's see. Basically, so you see when you, when you send a transaction in Ethereum, but also for in Bitcoin, you know, proof of work. So you have to wait a certain period of time for the transaction to be confirmed. Right. Let's let's take Bitcoin as an example. You have to, you know, you have to wait 10 minutes for that block to be, you know, mined and and so on. And so to really make sure that a transaction is actually safe and cannot be reverted or cannot be there cannot be a block reorg in Bitcoin, you should wait, you know, a few transactions. That's why on exchanges usually you have to wait, you know, two to 
two to six transaction uh, confirmation, sorry, two to six <laughs> block confirmations before the, the amount is deposited in your account. Right. Now in Phantom, this doesn't happen. As in the moment that uh, a transaction is broadcast in the network, the moment that it enters the network is final. So you don't have to wait for any block confirmation time or anything like that. So that's why we can achieve this, this incredible performance. The, re the, the way that it works, it, it works with gossip about gossip. So the moment that a transaction gets into the network, whatever validator nodes picks that transaction up, it starts uh, broadcasting it to, to another validator nodes that does the same. And they do the same all over again with all the transaction past and current. And, and so it, you, know, you don't need to achieve consensus at the, ex the same exact time, like on, like on Bitcoin and Ethereum, but it's asynchronous. Okay. That's that's the kind of you know my non-technical explanation. High level explanation. You, exactly. I hope it All works. Right. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah. Look, I mean, it's um, this is not a mining chain. It's a proof of stake chain, which means people hold tokens and they then have the rights as to become validators, and then the validators are the ones who say yes, this is a valid transaction. And obviously, that's already faster, which is why Ethereum is moving proof of stake as well. But it definitely sounds like there's some some differences there that that might give uh, Phantom an advantage, and because it was from pretty much the beginning built into this consensus mechanism has been there for a while and been tested, and now you have uh, a lot of active users on the chain, and it's picked up quite a bit recently in terms of volume and and everything else. What when when people well, that's a silly question. When you, you've got this growing community and it's an incredibly passionate community. I, I tell the story of, I'd never heard of Phantom and I, I was using my company's trading tools and was in a, a trade and for of this coin FTM on Binance and I had no idea what this was. And this was kind of pre-diving in DeFi as deep as I have. And, and I'm like, this thing is bleeding out. What is going on? Do I, so I, I have to make an assessment. Do I close this trade or do I move on? And so what I usually do, if I don't know a coin and I'm in a trade, I'll go say, let's go look at the project, see what they're building. Is it legit? And then I go and look at the community and I see, is there enthusiasm there? And is the enthusiasm all shill, you know, moon boys, or is the enthusiasm actually people talking about projects and building and marketing and and technical issues. And what I found was, yeah, this one was like legit, right? This was a really incredibly um, powerful platform from what I could get just perusing the website. And the community was highly engaged in like intelligent conversations, right? I didn't feel like everything in the community was token price, token price, token price, or why is it dropping, you know? And it, it was really substantive. And so I stayed in the trade and eventually made my money and I was happy, but that's not an easy thing to foster or build. And it kind of has to come, but why do you think it is that the phantom community number one is so passionate about an alternative blockchain? This is not, you know, at the end of the day, competing with network effects of Ethereum, of Bitcoin, of even Polygon, right? Which had the advantage of being a layer on top and coming in at the exact biggest pain point of the Ethereum network are building network effects that are not easy to overcome. But you have this community 
of thousands of people that are incredibly passionate about this project. Why do you think that's happening? How did that get fostered? You know, give us the magic formula so every other project can copy exactly what you've done. <laughs> exactly. Yes. So I have no idea, <laughs> but I can I can give you maybe my opinion. Let's see. I don't know. Let's try to explore the reason why. I would say, as I said, you know, Phantom was born in a bear market, and so there, you know, there was there were a lot of people that basically were sort of forced to hold on to their tokens. And I mean, they would either sell or, and move on or actually hold. And I would say luckily, probably a lot of them hold on to them. And as, as you say, they started, you know, doing research and, you know, they, they started learning more about the projects, the project, and they got passionate about it. And then, you know, we kept building in the bear market, we kept delivering stuff. And, and then once things started to turn around, then you know, things got very interesting, but I would say that the Phantom community is our real secret sauce, you know, besides the consensus mechanism, but you know, you can, you can build an incredible technology, but if you don't have the community to support it in crypto, it's unlikely that it's gonna succeed. Right. And, and I would say I would put, you know, the Phantom Marines and the Phantom community up to the level of the Chainlink Marines, which is, you know, the top, you know, community ever in crypto. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I've seen things coming from the community, including, you know, what I did when I was a community member, I was very active, as I said, in organizing that event. I did a website with a bunch of other people. We actually did a, a small, I don't want to call it fundraise because it wasn't really a fundraise. I mean, we was just collecting funds, collecting money. It was like a thousand dollars to build a website, to hire nice. a front-end developer to build a website to help people understand what Phantom was. And this is back in 2019. And it was amazing to see the community coming together. We had more than hundred people uh, chipping in, you know, very small amount, right? I don't right. know, $1, $5. And it was great. We put it together in, um, I would say two weeks or a month or something like that. And, and we've always had these kind of people, you know, within the community to, you know, they created something and then once mainnet went live at the end of 2019 and especially i would say at the beginning of this year when the, there's really been the DeFi boom we had a lot of developers within the community that started building uh, on phantom and these include spooky swap spirit swap reaper farm zoo coin and yeah i would say these are probably the, the first four projects that came on phantom right and, they, they were native on Phantom and they're, they're coming from the community. So this is amazing to see. That's great. That's great. And Phantom is EVM compatible, Ethereum virtual machine compatible, right? So existing developers in the Ethereum world can move their dApps to Phantom without a lot of changes and take advantage of the performance and the speed and, and the leverage the community. It sounds horrible, but you know what I mean? Leverage the base of users who would like to um, participate in those applications. So that's really cool. So, I, you know, like I said, I think it's an amazing community and, and I think it's like this almost feels like this drive from the bottom up to push this project forward and get it. And now, right. Volumes increasing users and wallets and number of wallets is increasing. What, what from your perspective kind of has to happen next for phantom to get over the hump? Is this a place where you know, I could foresee like a technology that um, blurs the lines between blockchains, right? And makes cross-chain seamless would be a great piece of technology 
for you all to be able to kind of gain more presence for the projects on your chain. What other things do you think or are you guys planning to do to drive this? Or is it really just we're going to keep creating projects, we're going to keep letting the community spread the word? What, what do you do now as this uh, CMO to, to take it to the next level? Well, so Phantom is very decentralized, right? So um, any project that is built on Phantom is, is a third party. And uh, the only sure. thing that we can do is sort of help them out to, you know, overcome whatever difficulty they might encounter. You know, right. if, if it's technical issues, then, you know, we offer technical support. And we recently launched the biggest DeFi uh, incentive program that now is worth about $500 million of incentives. Wow. For people, for pro for developers, yes, to come to Phantom and deploy in their uh, their protocols. And we've seen, of course, a tremendous increase in in everything, in network usage, in, in protocols deployed, in TVL, and so on, in, in a month's time. So that's what sort of what actively doing. We're also focusing more and more on NFTs and GameFi, especially gaming, blockchain-based gaming. It's, I believe that it's going to be the next sort of uh, trend coming up. Yeah. And Phantom is the ideal blockchain for that, right? Cheap transactions, very fast transactions. That's all you need on uh, for gaming. It, games, blockchain-based games cannot work on Ethereum. So, you know. Makes Phantom total sense as a market to target. Is that yeah. something you guys are actively like... <clears throat> um, out doing kind of biz development to get to the community and 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 start working to engage with game developers to see what's available here in Phantom. Yes, indeed. But actually, it's we're seeing quite the opposite. We're seeing gaming developers coming to us nice. after maybe trying other uh, networks, not having the best experience with other networks, and uh, you know that they're coming to Phantom. And I can say, I think in the next month or two, we're going to have at least two games that I know of that, that are going to be deployed on Phantom. Very nice. So these are games deploying directly. They're, they're, they're dApps. These are games that were developed for blockchain, I assume, or for yep. cryptocurrencies. Correct. Have, have you seen interest from like, so I think this is difficult for them to do, but you know, some of the big game developers, right? Blizzard or whomever. For them, I think that there's an opportunity to start something very seamless, right? Where where you don't make it as obvious that the game is on blockchain or utilizing cryptocurrencies, but you give them an in-game in uh, currency that is utilized and that they can start exposing functionality for, and then third-party developers can be in it. And like, like I would love for my son's Fortnite addiction to actually make him some money, right? So I would love if there was some integration there behind the scenes that was utilizing Phantom, but it's not necessarily something where it's like, hey, you've got to join the Phantom blockchain. It's great. And in order to play this game, you have to do it. it have you guys seen any of the bigger game companies mm -hmm. coming around yet? Not yet. I think it's yeah. early. I think we need I first. Agree. I mean, we found not just Phantom, the whole uh, GameFi or blockchain-based games, gaming needs more, uh, needs some, you know, some, you know, smaller projects to come first. Sure. To make their point and then... Hey, this yeah, is I'm workable. Sure. You can do it. Correct. Yeah. And, and as you said, you know, <clears throat> ideally the network and crypto will be in the background, right? So you just play a game and it doesn't matter what happens. If it's Phantom, if it's Chain X or whatever, you know, that doesn't matter. It, it cannot be... Uh, so the player has to play the game. That's all he cares about, you know? Yeah. So anything that can be abstract, abstracted should be abstracted, such as, you know, 
connecting wallet and you know all that stuff. So I, I'm pretty sure it will come. I still think that we are a bit early for that. Yeah. Well, I definitely think that, look, I think that music, art, games, those are the things that bring in all of the normies to our world, right? You know, those are the things that, and then once you're in there, you know, once you're playing the game and you have this currency and you figure out, oh, wait, this is a cryptocurrency, what else can I do here, right? I've always yeah. said that that NFT and games would be the the gateway drug to our own addiction that we already have because we went the hard route. So <laughs> I definitely, I definitely think that's a smart strategy for you guys, and I can see that there's a lot of potential there. And I think that the speed of Phantom, you know, from a biz dev perspective, I think that the advantages of blockchain, the advantages of of what censorship resistant gives us and everything else that comes in a blockchain. I think those are things from a business development perspective that you can pitch the, the, the advantages and the features of two normal world corporations for integrations without necessarily making it all about crypto or blockchain. Right? So I think there's a lot of opportunities to kind of separate that. So people see the advantage of using it without without having to sell them on the entire platform concept of being a cryptocurrency so you know ways that blockchain could be useful in supply chain or whatever i think there's a lot of opportunities there too from a biz dev perspective so um quickly plug for me a couple of the projects you mentioned and talk about what they are and what's happening on phantom we have spooky swap spirit yes. swap talk a little bit about a couple of those if you could for sure so Spooky Swap is one of the most used DEXs in the world at this moment. I think it's the seventh in the world, which is crazy. Nice, nice. Yeah, it's seen a lot of volume, a lot of TVL, and the reason is simple: it's it's seriously the the smoothest application that you can try and use. So yeah. I really invite everyone to try how you know how easy uh, it is to to use that. The website is incredible. Nice. And, and also what they did, they've been very smart. They created a, a bridge, I mean, using any swap. So a little digression about bridges. So of course, to come to Phantom, you have to bridge your tokens from Ethereum to Phantom. Unless you use Binance, you can send your FTM directly. But otherwise, you have to go, uh, you have to do this bridge swap. And uh, there's a couple of uh, dApps that you can use. One is the multichain.xyz that Andre created using any swap technology. And uh, Spooky Swap, they're using the same backend, so you know, it's basically just a different interface, but it's so much easier and then faster and everything better to use than multi-chain. That I really recommend everyone to use Spooky Swap Bridge. And then at the point they're already on Spooky Swap, they can try to swap things out. Now, Spirit Swap is the other Dex on Phantom. We have many, but you know, there the, I would like to to talk about Spirit as well. Uh, they're actually undergoing a very big tech overhaul, and I I'm sure, yes, they, they will they will release something very soon that will bring their performance very similar, very close to to those of uh, Spooky Swap. Very nice. I love that Spooky built the bridge into the interface, right? I mean, yes. this is like one of those. Come on, people, you know. <laughs> It's like, you know, the, 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 the fact that in, we're, I know we're so early in DeFi in whatever network because so many things are missing in the interface elements, right? People are just yeah. trying to get things out. So are there any other projects you think people should take a look at on the network? For sure. So I would just go on projects.phantom.network. You get a very nice list of all the projects on Phantom, but I would like to talk about my absolute favorite project since always, 
on Phantom, which is Reaper Farm. And I also openly talk about Reaper so much because it doesn't have a token so far. So, you know, it's easy for me to, to talk about it without, you know, it's like, yeah. I'll buy the token because it doesn't have a token, but it's, it's incredible. It's again, Justin Bibas is one of the developers of, of Reaper and his team, they were all part of Phantom community, the Phantom community since, I don't know, a year or two years ago. And actually Justin started learning Solidity because of Andre. So nice. it's, it's incredible. It's really, nice. it's a really, really amazing story. And anyway, what Reaper does, it's, it just auto compounds for you. You know, it's, it's just in yeah, yield optimizer. So you put your LP tokens in there and it auto compounds, I believe like 20 times per hour or something like that. Right. Incredible. <laughs> well, because of phantom speed, it can of do course. that and low cost and, and costs, right? Yeah, because right. Uh, with mostly the cost, I mean, something like that, it's, it's really impossible to do on Ethereum. It's just doesn't work no and on phantom it, it is possible and so yeah i really love what they're doing i love their project and it really shows uh, what is possible on, on phantom that's what i'm really interested in uh, into seeing you know what's possible to do on phantom that is not possible on ethereum because right now we're still kind of redoing the same thing you know kind of adapting but let's see you know let's see in the next six months a year from now i would love to see some project that is really revolutionary being built on phantom that's cool. Well, I really hope um, people take a closer look. And and I mean, it seems to me a no-brainer from the perspective of developers, right? You've already got a project. It's EVM compatible. Why wouldn't you take advantage of the speed and low cost and the built-in community, right? It, it just makes total sense to me. Yeah. Absolutely. I think one of the other things, what we climbed into after this was recruiting developers. So we yeah. talked about the fund. Can you quickly kind of explain how the fund works? And then we'll segue nicely into the second half of this now very long podcast. <laughs> yes, the the fund, which fund? The 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 incentive money. For oh, the incentive the program. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. So recruiting developers, it's, it's twofold. The question Re recruiting developers for us for the foundation, it's kind of hard, uh, you know, as as is for everyone. Right. So. If anyone knows uh, blockchain, really good <laughs> blockchain developers, full stack developers, and core developers, so people that have experience with Golang and EVM, then you know, come our way because we're always looking for really good developers to attract. On the other side, to attract developers building on Phantom, we, as I said, we announced three weeks ago the biggest DeFi incentive program so far. So it's about 500 million uh, dollar program. If you deploy on Phantom as a team or as a project, as a protocol, you have to maintain a minimum of 5 million TVL across a, for, you know, forever. <laughs> and, and you will get rewarded right away after a two months cliff, there's a 12 month uh, vesting period, but it's, it's, it's really good. It's working out a few project or projects already received their, their incentives and they're turning those they're using those for liquidity mining, right? Because we said nice. it's, yeah, it's not, we don't want to reward the users directly. We want to reward the builders and let them figure out how to keep the users and attract more users. So it's nice. super smart. Of course, Andre is the the, the brain behind the, the, this, uh, this awesome. new format of incentive program. And yeah, so we have on Phantom, there's Curve that is currently is incentivized with FTM as well. Spooky, uh, Spirit, beefy uh, yeah i think that's it for now but that's because the two months cliff i think in two months we're gonna see way more projects with fdm rewards 
This next section of the interview was actually recorded a couple of weeks before what you just listened to, but it goes into a lot more detail about Phantom and how it functions and um, a bit more of the history. And so I wanted to include it for those of you that want to take an even deeper dive into Phantom. We go into much more detail in this section. So I hope you enjoy it. And thanks for listening. How do users find what's available on Phantom? That's a really good uh, question. Actually, up until uh, a couple of weeks ago, I would say just, you know, by coming into our Telegram, into our Discord or on Twitter, you know, talking to people and, you know, actually that. And also we have Austin, who is an amazing, incredible community member. He's the host and the owner of FTM Alerts. Ah, I've heard about that. Oh, yeah. Austin is a, yeah, he's, he's a truly special human being. He is doing all this work and his, he and his team, it's completely independent from us. So, you know, he doesn't get paid at all, but he's just so passionate about Phantom. He created the Twitter, created Discord, Discord, I don't know, he has thousands of users in, nice. uh, in the Discord and almost daily he's putting out video content. And wow. actually I would say he's almost a, I would say like a lighthouse for for everyone because if things if projects go on ftm alerts then you know they're somewhat legit you know he interviews them he, he makes nice. um, some good analysis before even having them on the show so i would say that's a really really valuable research for people and then recently the last piece we developed projects.phantom.network it's a website ah. where we list all the the projects currently on on phantom i oh, don't think smart. all of them are there yeah but because it you know depends if the team submit submitted the project yet or not but you know that's a good list and we we approve it so if there's something that is uh, is blatantly a scam or you know something that is malicious then we just don't not gonna get listed there that's great that's awesome that's a tough job determining what looks like a scam okay so let's talk a bit about what makes phantom a great platform both for developers and for users you know from your perspective at the project what what's a differentiator why is phantom cool what 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 benefits does it provide to users and developers yeah i would say at the very high level we can divide sort of the the secrets the special sauces in two categories one is the tech part and the other one is the community. So starting from the tech part, Phantom is built on this incredible ABFT consensus mechanism without going into the technicalities because I'm not a technical person, but people can find information on our website. Okay. Uh, yeah, this consensus mechanism allows users to make transactions paying just a fraction of a cent or up to a couple of cents if the smart contract interaction is a little bit more complex. Right. And transactions are confirmed and final. This is very important. They're final in an average of one second. That's amazing. Yes. That's really amazing. Yeah, that's that's definitely compelling. Yep. And it's truly a next generation uh, blockchain, right? Because there are things that are possible to do on Phantom that aren't possible on Ethereum. Right. And barely possible on other blockchains. I, I, you know, Avalanche is kind of similar to Phantom, ABFT as well, but it's a, it's more expensive. I would say at least an order of magnitude more expensive than Phantom. So still Phantom is a, is a very clear advantage when it comes to specific use cases. The one that I'm thinking about is, it's an example that I do, that I make quite often. It's Reaper Farm, 
Reaper.farm. Uh-huh. It's it's a project on Phantom that it, it's auto compounding vaults. So you park your uh-huh. uh, your funds there, your tokens there, and Reaper just auto compounds continuously. I can't remember exactly. I want to say like maybe twenty times per hour. Wow. Yes. Wow. Yeah, and you know it, it's possible because again, you know, if if a transaction is zero point zero zero one, yeah, dollar, then you know you can do it. If a transaction is fifty dollars, like on Ethereum, it's just not possible to do it. That's so, awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course, you know those those uh, trades. I think about uh, all those hours I've waited for transactions on Matic and oh, Ethereum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and then, of course, you know, the, again, a uh, fast speed and the, the low cost are also ideal for NFTs and for gaming. So that's why nice. we're also seeing a lot of that coming up in the next few months. So you're seeing a lot happening with NFTs on the, on the platform? Absolutely. So last night there was, so in the past, I would say past month, there's been a, a huge wave of NFTs with drops that sold out in seconds. Wow. Literally, because again, Phantom is so fast that I think a couple of drops, one sold out in seven seconds, the other one in 12 seconds. And last night, actually, there was a really amazing drop. It's a human, U-M-A-N. Okay. And I think it's the second drop that she does on Phantom. She's an amazing artist. And last night, it was the ancestral humans. And anyway, long story short, it was 3,000 pieces that sold out in, I believe, eight hours or something like that. Very nice. Very yeah, nice. The first, the, the first 30%, it was actually sold out in 10 minutes. So it was incredible to see. That's incredible. Yeah. That's And it's awesome for the artists. You know, I love that, they're, that there's a flow of revenue for artists. To me, I that's incredibly important. Okay, so that's powerful. What... Um, uh, look, there's a ton of NFT platforms in the space, and and I think we've had a, a a massive increase in in everyone trying to get a piece of that market, just like we do every time something gets popular or crazy as humans. But you guys have a differentiator, right? I mean, first of all, for artists, I'm assuming minting is uh, obscenely cheap relative to what they would pay on Ethereum. And I've, what I find interesting is is that the same thing that people do on Ethereum's mainnet, they can do on Polygon, but for some reason. The market has centered on it's not a real NFT mint unless it happened over here on the mainnet, which to me is bizarre because I can move my NFTs back and forth between those and see them all on OpenSea or wherever. So have you guys been directly involved in curating and getting the NFT space, trying to get them recruited into Phantom, or is that something you're having the other projects related to NFTs deal with? No. So... um so far, we're actually so two two parts also here. So one is the marketplace. So we have two marketplaces at the moment on Phantom. One is on Zoo, the other one is on Paint Swap. But also we're working on Arteon. Arteon is our. Can you spell that? It's A R T I O N. Got it. It's not out yet. We're we're fixing. I mean, it's almost ready actually. We're fixing a few tech issues, and it should be ready for release in uh, one to two weeks, I would say. But you know, don't quote me on that. It could take a okay. little bit longer if there's still some issues. But we recently, actually today or yesterday, we made it open source. So Andre and his I don't know <laughs> bunch of developers are going to jump on it and you know help us out as well. Nice. And so that's going to be huge because we don't want to make money on uh, with Arteon, which means that 
that the platform itself will take zero fees on the creation and on the, nice. the sales of NFTs. So that's, nice. that's a really big, you know, also incentive, so to speak, for creators and traders compared to OpenSea or other platforms. And for creators, I mean, we've seen that there's been an influx of independent creators. So we, we've been talking, we talked to some incredible people and there's a team that is going to drop their NFTs, I would say in the next couple of weeks, two to three weeks. And it's incredible. I think the team nice. itself is, I mean, top, you know, the, really the best that you can think of. And the artwork is just mind blowing. So I'm nice. sure that with this drop, once it will be announced, we're also going to see an influx from Ethereum, from collectors, you know, coming from Ethereum to Phantom. And yes, I heard the same, you know, if it's not on Ethereum, that's whatever, blah, blah, blah. But let's see, right? It's like, yeah. mm, let's see next year, right? Uh, sure. And it yeah. takes time. And I think the difference here is, as um, you know, Phantom isn't necessarily a layer on it on mainnet of Ethereum, it's its own chain. So I think that that actually positions you in a better place, right? The, what happens is I think the layer two or side chains versus Ethereum mainnet debate is just something because, you know, it's, it's easier for NFT artists to just start there instead of figuring out how to bridge yep. tokens over and everything else. So by that, what, what, what's it like for an end user jumping into the phantom DeFi or NFT world and, and moving tokens over, what's the bridging like? What, what's that experience like right now? Yeah. So it's actually pretty easy. We have two main bridges. One is multichain.xyz that okay. I built on top of any swap technology. And the other one is the spooky swap bridge, which is still uh, using any swap. So it's basically just a different interface, you know, compared to, to multi-chain. Between the two, to be honest, I very much prefer the spooky swap interface. It's super easy, like the whole spooky swap experience. I mean, Eerie, uh, the developer, and his team, they did a phenomenal job with the whole DAP. And, you know, it's you know, it's one of the, the most uses, used services sure. in the world right now. So That's awesome. How did the theme of spooky and boo and ghosts start? <laughs> On Phantom, is it just the name and everyone thought, oh, Phantom as in Phantom, and that's where we're going to just kind of run I, with that? I think that that's exactly what happened. You know, Phantom, okay. Phantom of the Opera, that's how right. it was. Right. But it was it was kind of, uh, there was a sort of a, yeah, it was very random. And when Spooky and Spirit launched, they launched maybe, a, you know, a week apart from each other. Nah. So they, you know, the creative process started before and it was actually the same theme. So, and then, you know, projects afterwards picked it up, you know, Scream and the uh, Reaper, Grimm and so on. And now there's this sort of Halloween-y. I was going to say, you guys have a big, you should, Halloween should be a big marketing push for Phantom, I oh, guess. Yeah. That's uh, awesome. I, I think, the, yeah, the, yeah, we have teams already thinking about that. Yeah, you guys might have to sponsor uh, Halloween Horror Nights where I am right now in Orlando next year or something. Let's that would be it. good <laughs> once we get mass consumers on. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about managing community. And yep. this will be a delicate dance for an interview as well, right? So, you know, I have the fortune of, we have a private company, my my partners and I and Material Indicators. So we've grown our community to 5,300 people. And we can be total asses to people we don't want in the community, right? Because our value, well, look, I mean, we, we, we buy that. I don't mean we want to be rude to people, but we set a standard for our community, right? We say no one will be rude. No one will be shilling. 
No one will make claims without backing it up, you know, but we can enforce that because what we know is 90% of our revenue comes from people joining the community and feeling welcome and that they're going to learn something in the world of projects. That's a lot harder thing to do. Right. And so it's a managing a community in the world that you're in is incredibly difficult because you have this wide, crazy range of crazy people, angry people, shilling people, novices and newbies, tech people and developers, people that know exactly how you should be running the project and running marketing. And they will tell you every single day what you should be doing adamantly. Whales who have five to 10% of the stake of your token and could crush the price for everyone at any moment. How do you guys handle all that? Right. I mean, I mean, I will say that I think from my experience of interacting with your community so far, I'm thoroughly impressed with the level of maturity and, and, and lack of complete craziness, but I guarantee you it's there. So talk to me about what that experience has been like for you and what, what you guys do, how you guys kind of handle it and dance that dance. Yeah. So as I said before, you know, I was, I was one of the very first community members in Phantom. So I really, I seen the community grow from, I don't know, a couple of hundred people to, I don't know how many now it's, it's more than a hundred thousand in total. And so, and I've seen it all. I've seen the crazy people. I've seen the, the initial times when everyone thought that Phantom was a scam just because we built and we were born in a bear market. Yeah, that's so, awesome. You know, that, that, they, they, those were hard times, but, you know, luckily, you know, I was really within the community. I was part of it. And so now to me, I mean, I, I understand when people uh, complain about certain things, certain complaints, I cannot really stand because they're sometimes they're clearly just most of the times, so I would say they're directly correlated to the token price, which makes me very yeah. disappointed you know it's like come on so last week you you, you were very happy that you know this token <laughs> was whatever percent and nothing changed right from last week to today and, and now that the token price is down whatever other percent you hate the project yeah yes exactly hate the project everything is you wrong are incompetent and... you're just yeah exactly exactly exactly, exactly. so my favorite uh, question is why price down it's like yeah <laughs> lots of people sold <laughs> yes, yes, which is actually, but it's not even that true, right? Because then wh- where is the price coming from? It's coming from the exchanges. And right. Phantom, most of the Phantom supply is off the exchanges. It's ah, good big, point. Yeah. So I think that on exchanges, maybe we have total like maybe 20% of the supply, something like that. So yeah. it's just a reflection of a very few people that are just trading because maybe that's what they do. For work, right? If you're sure. a trader, you know, you sell and then maybe you buy lower, you and you, you know, and, and yeah, it's what you do. So how do you dance that dance for your community? Well, um do you guys the- kind of set standards? Do you set what you will take and won't take, or do you talk up behind the scenes about how you're gonna deal with the particular troublemaker or N- not necessarily? I think right now, luckily, uh, we have a very, very mature community or actually core community within phantom cool so at the beginning it was very mature community it was hard to manage but right now we have i would say dozens of uh, community members that are there to help us out and nice. to help new people 
to call out, you know, possible potential scammers, to call out, uh, you know, fudsters and so on. So I would say that most of the help that we get in managing managing the communities from the community itself. Nice, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. That's and then great. we have you know amazing community managers. I would say Jane, she's an angel. Uh, she's wow. You know, nice. many thanks every time. I really. Yeah, thanks, Jane, for, for all the work that she does on Telegram, on Discord, and also on the chat on the website. So she also does tech support. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I'm and, always and amazed they, at these community members that just dive in full force to like, I'm going to keep this thing from being a total mess. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's amazing. Because so it's hard. Just, it's yeah. hard work dealing with people and being patient enough. And I yeah. mean, it is brutal. Like, if I could outsource all community management, I would do that in a heartbeat because as much as I love talking to people, the crazy people are just hard to deal with. And I shouldn't Absolutely. use that term. The, the, the anger management issue people are difficult to deal with. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, absolutely. I agree. But uh, but yeah, I would say that's also, so I was mentioning before the two sort of secret sauces of, you know, Phantom, one is the tech, the other one is the community. That's exactly what I was talking about. So that's great. there's also, you know, FTM alerts and his team, they also do an amazing job with managing their community. And of course, since the community is pretty much the same, then it kind of flows into the main community as well. So Nice. It's really kind of a self-managing uh, community at this point. At this point. That's great. It's really, really good. Oh, that's good because you have plenty to do anyway. What, um, what in the near and longer term, uh, are there things coming down the road for Phantom that besides like Arteon that you guys are really excited about? Or is it really right now you guys are just focused on building what the roadmap is, is doing and, and recruiting projects in to grow the whole community as a whole? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, there's 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 many things we're working on. Of course, we tend to prioritize what's more important at the moment, right? So we we want to make sure that also again we're building a platform that is inclusive as much as possible. So right now there's a huge focus on on NFTs. So we want to make sure that our community and also potential you know new community members have you know, the, the, can have the exposure to NFTs on Phantom. One thing that I forgot to mention is the NFT bridge. Ah. So any swap, yeah, yesterday they just released a uh, sort of an alpha version of the NFT bridge between Ethereum and Phantom. That's oh, very cool. nice. So you can move your NFTs yes. over onto Phantom or vice versa. Absolutely. Now, That's awesome. when it comes to, to bridging NFTs between Ethereum and Phantom, of course, the original, it's, you know, it, it's going to stay on the chain where it's at, meaning that, if you if you have i don't know a crypto punk on ethereum and you bridge it to phantom of course it will be locked in the bridge and what's going to get minted on phantom is pretty much almost a synthetic right i got you uh, oh that's NFT. interesting yeah but i mean virtually that, that's how it works but it doesn't matter because you can use that nft that it's exactly like the one that is on Ethereum that is locked on the bridge. Right. And you can trade it, right? And trade it without the crazy fees on that there are on Ethereum. You can do auctions without, you know, paying those insane gas fees for every bid and so on. And then whenever you want, once you, you know, you sold, you know, if you're the new owner of the NFT and you want to bring it back to Ethereum, you can just do the, the opposite and, you know, and there you go, you're going to have your your real, you know, original CryptoPunk back on Ethereum. So that's, that's awesome. genius. Yeah. 
and then of course vice versa and loot i'm, I'm sure you heard about loot the, the, the amazing sort of game nft thing that, yep. uh, that is going on on ethereum on ethereum isn't feasible because of the of the crazy fees and of course they yeah they were very excited about this bridge because finally people can come over to phantom and you know use loot and play with loot on on phantom especially because andre a couple of weeks ago released rarity which is yeah incredible game i don't know what how he can do all these things i i don't know when he actually sleeps exactly i don't think he sleeps but <laughs> <laughs> but anyway so so there's all these exi exciting things that that are happening and the nft bridge is going to be a key part of you know the nft experience in general on phantom nice be on Arteon itself so it's going to be super easy to bridge nft back and forth and that's one thing then of course gaming right as i mentioned there's a you know a couple of games for sure that are building on phantom and that's going to be exciting then there's the the consensus improvements on the consensus so Quan, igor and the rest of the the core developers are working on on the consensus mechanism and always make it better and improving it and i would say that's probably this is it in the very short term you know sure you know what i can think of but of course there's always more uh, of course i forgot about the major part which is the real world applications of phantom we 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 have pilot projects in a few countries around the world uh we had five in afghanistan that we, that we had to shut down unfortunately for the situation wow but they were extremely successful one of what kind of projects oh yeah sorry go yeah. ahead no, no, no. The basically in in Afghanistan we had mostly were about supply chain, either supply chain tracking or ERP system, blockchain based ERP system. So it was oh, really, wow. yeah, in sort of a digital transformation of the country. And wow. there are also CDB, CBDC talks going on with with certain countries in the same area, so Central Asia. And, and that's, that's also been very, very fun because, you know, a lot of most, actually all project, all projects in crypto are mostly focused on on-chain stuff. So DeFi and anything that happens on-chain, but Phantom also had the, has this sort of real world business development part that is going on. That's really cool. And that's one of the things I want to see the most from projects, uh, not most. It's one of the things I want to see projects working on, whether they be ecosystems and, and platforms like uh, Phantom or specific projects. Like I'm a big supporter of Alchemix and Liquidity, which are two uh, lending protocols, right? Well, Alchemix has a beautiful potential in real application, right? You, you put up 100,000, you get 50,000 immediately back. And the 50,000 that they give you is paid off without you ever making a payment over the next few years, right? To me, that's that's an incredible model, right? If I'm a car dealer and I sell cars and my clients are fairly wealthy, I'm gonna be like, hey, free car, man, come on over. We, your, your car's gonna pay for itself. You don't have to do anything. You just have to deposit this money and then you're going to get most likely more money back than you put in. To me, that's a really easy pitch in real life. So I want to see projects like Alchemix and those kinds of folks out there pitching. But I'm really glad to hear you guys as a as a platformer actually working on projects to to make that happen. That's awesome to see. That's really cool. Yeah. Very cool. And especially, I mean, we had this, this one pilot, the only one that actually came to completion and it was ready for national rollout, which was the pilot with the Ministry of Health. So people, oh, wow. Yeah, people were able to scan a QR code or, you know, call a number and insert a PIN code or something to check if the, the medicines they were buying in the pharmacy were counterfeit or real. 
Wow. Yeah, there's a huge problem with counterfeit drugs in Afghanistan, but basically in the, the whole world. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, yes. That's so, awesome. Yeah. And people loved it. You know, they, they went to the drugstore, to the pharmacy, scanned this thing or call whatever the number, and people were using it. And with not much publicity, they were just telling their friends, telling their neighbors, like, hey, go to, you know, go to the store, do this thing, and you can track it. And it was, yeah, huge success. That's like, life-saving level stuff i mean that's pretty cool that's who was that a second was that a third party that was developing this application with in conjunction with you guys yes so there was uh one of our partners is check it okay the the team that developed uh, this application and of course we worked with uh, the ministry of health of afghanistan and uh, a couple of distributors and producers of medicines drugs in afghanistan and india Wow, oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. I, I love that solution. I I really want to talk to, I, I'm going to reach out to those guys because I'd really like to talk to them about what they're building. I, I really want to start emphasizing people really starting to permeate the real world. And I think something like that is if something immediately tangible that people can say, oh, this is trackable. I understand it. I understand how, in this case, Phantom is being used to make this work. Yep. And I, I want... I think those kinds of applications are the kinds of things that will make people not be so knee-jerk about crypto in the real world, right? And I, I think that's that's fantastic. Great, yeah. great. If you have any contacts there, you please DM me. I'd love to reach out to them and talk, yeah, learn more sure. about that project. Okay, so a question I always ask everybody is, and I'm going to make you limit it to no phantom-related people yep. or projects. What, oh, you know what? Let me, I had one more question. What look, I know that a lot of projects are moving over to Phantom because the it's EVM compatible, right? So you have very similar things that exist in all the other blockchain worlds. Are there any projects that you that you think were developed from scratch on Phantom that you think are doing things either a little differently or that don't exist anywhere else, or that you think have an advantage that they programmed specifically to what Phantom's capable of? Yeah, the the first one that came that comes to my mind is the one that I mentioned earlier, which is Reaper Farm. Nice, yeah, Reaper that makes sense. That, yeah, couldn't be possible on on Ethereum and on other chains. I mean, it could be possible on other chains, but with some limitations. Yeah, so yeah, Reaper, makes sense. certainly. And the other one is Spooky. Spooky really, you know, it's just incredible user experience overall. It's okay. so smooth, so fast. It really really takes advantage of the network and really, you know, it shows how the, the power of Phantom. Awesome. Now you're making me want to jump back into Phantom completely right now. So yes, uh, I, I just closed <laughs> out some farms. So I may be, I may be aping back over there a little bit. I, and I don't mean that anything on Phantom is aping, but you know what I mean? Okay. So now let's ask the question I ask everybody, what, what projects and or people in the crypto blockchain world do you think are really important that you find inspirational or do you think will make a dramatic change you, you get the idea superstars yeah. rock stars somebody you think is important or somebody that nobody knows about right yeah that's an easy answer for me uh, because i mean it, i i talk about this a lot and the phantom community sometimes gets a little bit uh, iffy but <laughs> I, i'm a big fan of avalanche and what they do wow very nice yeah absolutely and it, you know it, i i know the team personally i know goon i know kevin i know jay wow so i i, I live 15 minutes away from their office so that's I met cool a you know, couple of that's... times yeah i'm in touch with them and i do think 
that phantom user experience in general is better than Avalanche because you know they introduce some complexity that I think it's functional. I know that it's functional, the three chains that they have, but it's a big barrier for user experience. But besides that, I mean, the, the tech of Avalanche is really good. It's comparable to Phantom. So I, you know, I couldn't be, I couldn't, I couldn't say bad things about Avalanche without, you know, saying bad things about Phantom because it's very similar. Ah, that's good. That's yeah. awesome. So and community course, must get a little annoyed about when you talk about it. Yeah, they, they, they get a little bit, a little bit annoyed, but you know, the future is multi-chain and cross-chain. Yes, so it is. Not gonna be, we're uh, not even going to know what chain we're on half the time. Yeah, absolutely that. Absolutely. And I'm glad actually that Avalanche recently changed a little bit their tone because up to a couple of months ago, they were like, no, Avalanche is going to win. You know, it's going to be the only chain ever. And, you know, everyone else is, is bad. But now it's it's very different. They, they well, took a very different approach. Well, I will tell you that I have not given Avalanche much of a look. And the primary reason for that is the the brand identity of we're going to kick everybody's ass and we're better than everybody and we're revolutionaries and we're going to change the world. I love a good attitude. I love positivity. I love when people are aggressive and want to compete, but I was, my brand impression is I'm totally turned off yep. <laughs> and, and it's sad. It's sad because there's obviously good tech there and there's obviously something powerful there, but I was like, I don't want to be involved in a community that, that is led that way. And so yeah. it has really, I, from a brand perspective there, I'll give them another chance because you like them. So, <laughs> but I will tell you that they've, and I think I've talked to other people that feel the exact same way. I, I know, I know. Because I was, I was also one of those people. I'm like, okay, what are you guys doing? Why? It's really unnecessary, all this yeah. sort of antagonism that you guys are creating. But as I said, they changed since a couple of months. That's know, good. Now, So now they're much more open. And I, you know, I, I always say this, I talk to, to our team and to their team as well. I would love at some point to see, you know, what happens if we bridge Phantom and Avalanche. That'd be cool. You know, bridging Phantom and, and Ethereum, it's whatever, right? Ethereum is super slow. So you come to Phantom, use Phantom. But if you bridge Avalanche and Phantom, they're pretty much, they have very similar performance, kind of similar cost. I mean, Avalanche is more expensive, but you know, let's say less, way less expensive than Ethereum. What happens if you kind of connect those two and, you know, as a developer, you build something that abstract, you know, and really uses the blockchains as a sort of backend and then whatever is on top, as you said before, you don't know if you're on one or the other because it doesn't matter. Yeah. And yeah. and That'd be awesome. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Yeah. That's, I, I think that, and I think that's actually a beautiful experiment for the rest of the ecosystem to see right it's like look how we can make this seamless like i could see like reaper actually being able to like you do what they do across chain right or yes. having swaps happening back and forth like there's a there's a site called dex.guru and they're doing an awesome job of creating this um, interface to all these chains right but i don't ever i don't have to hop in and out of the chains i don't have to connect i can connect my wallet so i can actually execute a swap or a trade but I can see everything. I don't, there's like no friction for me seeing BSC prices or ETH prices or Polygon prices, or they have at least nine chains there. But to me, it was like, oh my God, when is this guy going to build an automated bridge on the back end? So I don't even know, right? I've got a token on Polygon. I want to swap it for a token on Phantom, and, but I don't want to know. I just want you to do it. 
And you know what? I'd even pay a premium on a transaction fee to you as a project yeah. just so I don't deal with it. Like, it's like, just make that happen for me, please. So that would be really cool. I love that idea. Absolutely. You know what's funny? I actually just, you know, for just, you know, a couple of months ago, just for, for fun, I designed an interface that does exactly that. Nice. Maybe yes. you and I need to start a project. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck finding developers, but we need. Exactly. Yeah. But I'm a full believer in, you know, again, in the future, it doesn't matter if it's Phantom, Metidum, Avalanche, Nier, uh, yeah. Solana, you know, you name it. Users, they don't care. If you use, a, you know, the, the, your phone right now, you're on your phone, you don't care what protocol are you, no. you're using. No, so, yeah. no, I think it's brilliant. And I think it's the way that we need to get to. And then developers can just focus on building cool stuff on their favorite platform or their favorite tools and users aren't, don't have to worry about which one. Right. And then chains like phantom can focus on recruiting developers. And if they focus on creating great developers and great projects, then it'll make the users move into their chain. Right. And, and then if you, then you could focus on giving developers better tools, better performance, better, whatever, so that, your chain actually becomes a dominant one because you focused on that instead of having to like constantly recruit in yep. other ways. That's very cool. I love that. I love that vision, man. That's great. That's very good. And I'll give Avalanche another shot. I, I, <laughs> I, I really have a very negative brand impression. So I will uh, definitely give it another shot and take a look. Okay. Now you, you'll have a lot of phantom community member that won't like you because of that, but it's okay. That's okay. I give everybody a shot. Like I said, I'm an anti-maximalist. Like I, I, the people I don't like most in this world are, are people that are toxic towards multiple chains coming out. Right. There's so many cool opportunities for us to work together. And we're, you know, we're, we're so, we're so early. So, so, so Absolutely. early. It's like, yeah. you know, I went through .com. I was loading a web browser onto my, my computer in 1995. So mm, that's about where I feel like I am today. You know, yeah. uh, maybe a little more, 96. So that's great. Where can people reach you, connect with Phantom and get yeah. engaged with the community? What's the best way? Yeah. So I'm on Twitter at the other pump. It's uh, my handle. I love that handle. That's great. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and then for Phantom, you know, phantom.foundation, the website, Twitter is at phantomfdn. And then, you know, Telegram, Discord, you, you'll find all the links on the web. Yeah. Awesome. And come, please come try Phantom just once. Come try. It's easy. It doesn't cost much at all. Yeah. And come do a swap that costs, I don't know, you can swap like 10 cents back and forth, paying a fraction of a cent, and that's all it costs to you. But just come try it. Where should where the where would be the first place and you send somebody in their browser to come actually try? Yeah, so I would say go on Spooky Swap for the bridge, okay. and once you're on Spooky Swap, you're bridging, you're bridging your tokens over. Uh, then just try uh, Spooky Swap. Just do a swap on, on Spooky. See how fast what, it is. Spooky Swap dot. Uh, spooky Swap dot finance. Let Good. me double check. Okay. Yes, Spooky Swap okay. dot finance. Cool. I think that's important. Get people get that first experience. That's great. Thank you so much for your time. I loved this, enjoyed this conversation. I, I'm going to have you back on because I it's it's funny, people that kind of come from the biz dev marketing business side of the world. I love talking to developers and I have so much fun with tech people, but this was, this was a lot of fun. Thank you, Brad. Thank Thanks.
What a great couple of interviews. Phantom is really blowing up. I am so impressed with the team and with what all of them are doing to grow a powerful DeFi ecosystem. I am much more involved in it. And as I always tell everyone, I'm an anti-maximalist. So I welcome faster, cheaper, easier to use blockchains and dApps on that blockchain um, because I think it will help grow and build the DeFi ecosystem around the world. If you enjoyed listening, please rate us, review us, tweet about us, tell the world um, that you enjoyed it and uh, share the knowledge with others. Thank you very much for listening and have a great day.